Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. The first session here, I would like to talk about the word character. The English word is character. The problem of many Christians is many Christians never grow spiritually and they still act like a baby Christian. And if you claim to know Christ and you tell the whole world or tell your relative and friend that you are a follower of Christ, but you act like a baby, many people will not want to come to know Jesus Christ. Because they look at you and me and they say that, I think I'm better than you. Therefore, God wants us to grow spiritually, to become mature, and to become like Christ. And when people look at us, they will say, wow, he's so godly, he's so mature, or she is so good, I want to become like that. And they will come to church, and they want to learn about Jesus, and they want to follow Jesus like you. Therefore, today I would like to talk about growing in Christ to have godly character. The Lord spoke to me a few days ago. Obedience is better than sacrifice. People can come to church and give big bucks, big money in the offering bag. But if they don't obey the Lord, God say, I'm not pleased with that sacrifice. Another thing that God spoke to me, character is more important than hate knowledge. People can go to Bible school, have billions of knowledge in their brain, but if they act like a baby in the eyes of God, they are useless. Therefore, it's so important to grow in character. And our character or our lifestyle and our attitudes are affected by to influences. If you allow the world or Satan to influence you, you are following the pattern in the TV or in the movie or in the newspaper. You will live the life with unrighteous habit or evil habit. But if you allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to influence you, and to work in you, you will have a spiritual, godly character. Amen. Therefore, I would like to encourage you to make a decision to be a spiritual Christian. What does it mean, spiritual Christians? It means that you allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to lead your life or to control your life. I don't want you to be the kind of Christian that Paul talked about in the Bible, and he called carnal Christians. The carnal means the flesh. Allow the flesh or the sinful nature or the human nature to control you. We don't want to be carnal Christians. We want to represent God in the right way. We want to be His ambassadors. When people see us, they will see God in us. I hope that you love Jesus so much 
that you want people to put thumb up to Jesus. I don't know about you. It's your own decision, but my decision is that I love Jesus so much that I want Jesus to be glorified and honored through my life. And that's what Jesus was doing when He was on earth here. In the book of Hebrews, chapter one, verse three, Hebrews chapter one, verse three, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. When the Son of God was on earth, He radiated the glory of God. The word "glory" has two meanings. The first meaning is the perfect attributes or character of God. And the second meaning is the big, tangible presence of God. Definitely, when God shows up, His attribute will be there. How do you know that a person is so full of the glory of God? You know by looking at how He thinks, how He talks, and how He acts. If you're full of the glory of God. You will reveal, or you will radiate, the attributes or the character of God. I give you example of character of God. God is a committed God. He's not a God that just say one thing one day and change the word the next day, say another thing another day, and keep changing. He is so committed. He is so committed to the point that he died on the cross for us. He's a loving God. He's love. You know that God is love. When you believe in God, you believe in love. Therefore, Christians who are so full of God will walk in love. He is faithful. He is honest. He is the merciful God. When you are so full of His presence, all these things gonna radiate out from you. And Jesus set a good example to us. Why He was walking on earth for thirty-three years. He was radiating the glory of the Father, and he is the exact representation of his being. When people saw Jesus, they saw the Father. Wow! Can we live like that? I want to show you today, if I have enough time, how we can live like that. First of all, I want to say that there are two things in our life that we need to develop. The first thing is to be, what to be, and what to do, and to be something. Start from inside here, in your heart. If you have a right heart, you will be the right person. If you have the evil heart, you will have the evil behaviors. I have been a pastor for thirty years now, and I have dealt with a lot of people in my. Thirty years of being a pastor, and I know now why the Bible say about Joshua and Caleb. The Bible talk about them that Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. Who you are actually is inside you, your spirit, your heart, your attitude, the root on the inside of you. I pray to God every day, God, 
I ask you for myself, for my wife, for my kids, for my members, that we will have the right spirit. We don't want to have a wrong spirit, cunning, cheating, uncommitment, no commitment. Just do whatever I want. Independent spirit. I do whatever I want. No one can tell me to do anything. God can tell me to do anything. I'm gonna do whatever I want. I live in independent country, so I'm gonna be independent. These are wrong spirits. It's not of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you know if you listen to my CD teaching, you will notice one thing: I preach very hard. You know why? Because I want the knife of the spirit to go into your spirit and cut off the wrong spirit out of you. And then I lay hand with the fire of God, so that the fire of God will burn bad spirit out of you, and then He will put into you the right spirit, godly spirit. Amen. Do you look at the mirror at your house every day in your bedroom and look at your own face and say? Have I had the right spirit? Have I been like Christ in my heart and my action? God wants us to be like Christ, and God wants us to do what He called us to do. So in our life, we have two things to commit to. I myself have committed all this year to grow up to become like Christ. And I have committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ that I would do whatever He calls me to do, no matter how much price I have to pay. I want to be that kind of Christian, and that is exactly Jesus did. He radiated the glory of God, and He said, "My food is to do the will of my Father." Wow! If we can get only ten percent of Christian in a church. Do this thing, we're gonna shake the world for Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, most Christians are not challenged to be like Christ and to commit to do what God called them to do. So they just come to church, sit on a chair, sing hallelujah, and go home, and they live like the devil between Monday to Saturday. And God called them to do something. Oh, let me pray about it for another fifty years. Oh, they may say, "Yes, yes, yes, Lord, I do it." Good-looking, handsome, driving Mercedes, talk very well, charisma, have a lot of edu- education to be the elder of the church. Flung the test, but the Bible say, "Look for the character," and God can add other things in. Amen. Another application about this church. I give you example. The main idea is, oh, you're gonna start a church. You need to have a pastor. You need to have a leader in the church. Okay. How about what Paul did? Paul went to Philippi, Thessalonica, Colossians. And he gathered all the new believers together to start a church, and they did not even have pastor. And he kept visiting them, visiting them for a few years, until somebody proved his life to be the father or shepherd of that flock. And then he went back and appointed that 
man later on. I told people in this church, it's better to be single than to marry a wrong man or wrong woman. It's the same thing. Better to have God as the king of the church rather than have a wrong pastor. The pastor who is a hired man who come in to get the money, get the job, and do whatever he wants. He doesn't love anybody here. He just want your money. He just want the job and want the green card. And after he got everything, he leave. I don't want that. The Israelite asked God, give us a king. And God said, am I not enough for you? No, no, no. We need a king. So God gave them bad king to learn the lesson. The real king of the nation of Israel and the real king of your church is not a man, but he is your king. He is your pastor. You see, man thinking is different from God thinking. That's why do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Unfortunately, many churches Many groups of Christians are following the pattern of the world instead of looking at what the Bible says. Let me see the hand. How many people want to follow the pattern of the world? How many people say, I want to follow the pattern of God? Raise your hand up. I tell you the truth. If you follow the pattern of God, you will be saved to the end. And you will not have a lot of headaches later on. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. The Apostle Paul called himself, I am a spiritual father. And this member are spiritual children. And he suffers so much. So that Apostle Paul will get a lot of money. Is it true? So that Apostle Paul will get a high reputation. What is the purpose of being a pastor, or apostle, or prophet, or leader of the church? So that his people will become more like Christ. So that Christ is formed in them. That's why I never want to compromise my preaching even one bit. You know, I have other things to do. I'm a neurosurgeon. I can enjoy going to Hawaii many times a year, having a nice house. Why I have to stand in the church here in the afternoon to preach the word of God? I don't need to. I don't owe anyone here. The reason I'm here because my heart as a the heart of the Father in heaven and the Father in heaven work through my heart to want to see you grow to become like Christ. Amen. That's why I don't want to play game in the church. This is serious. We want to become like Christ. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Through this, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The Apostle Paul say, uh, the Apostle Peter say, 
so that we all will participate in the divine nature of God. Amen. So after I read these four scriptures, in conclusion, God clearly wants every Christian to grow up to become more like Christ. That we all gonna have Christ character in us. Amen. How we think, how we talk, how we act, our lifestyle, how we spend time. How we spend money, how we look at other people. Amen. Amen. I give you another example about how God thinks different from man thinks. This is how man thinks. I, I need to give this example because it's specifically for your church. <laughs> okay, man thinks is this way, not the mind of Christ. Man thinks come in, come into the church. Oh, five years ago he was in a mess. He was so Don Juan. He was so goofy. <laughs> Just example, example. It's not true. <laughs> This is not a prophecy. <laughs> oh, that lady! I knew her since she was a non-believer. That she was a gossiper in the society. No way! These people can serve God. That is the man thinking. Apostle Paul killed so many Christians. Peter denied Jesus three times, but God used both of them powerfully. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> so, man thinking. The mind of man is. I look at the worst of your life in the past, and I'm gonna keep that forever in my mind. I will never give you a chance. Sorry, but God thinking, I remember your past sin no more. Amen. Where is it? I could not find it, and I trust in you because my spirit is great in you, and I can change you, and I can use you in the future. God is full of hope and faith. And he's powerful to change people. Amen. So when you walk into the church, don't look around. Oh, bad guy, bad girl, bad guy, bad girl, hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. Check them out, check them out, check them out. You know, if I am that kind of pastor, no one can stay in my church because they all were in a mess before they came to church. Hallelujah. You need to change the way you think, the mind of Christ. If you're g o i n g to be around me for a long time, you're g o i n g to get a lot of chat like this. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> we learned already that God wants us to become like Christ. We need to think like Christ, behave like Christ, talk like Christ, live like Christ. Does God help us to change? Man thoughts are different from God thoughts. God ways are higher than man's way. I want to review one more time. Obedience is more important than sacrifice. 
I already say that character is more important than head knowledge. So many Christians have so much head knowledge. They go to Bible class, Bible class, seminar, 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 Bible class, seminar, Bible class, but their life is in a mess. Character is so important. In the long term, God will bless your obedience and your character. In my personal experiences as being a pastor for more than 30 years now, when I started the church in Seattle 22 years ago, a group of people came to me and said they want to help me and they were called to help Pastor Lau. And I was a very poor preacher. You know, at that time, how I preached the word, I was standing and reading my sermon. I, re- I was reading my sermon. And I could not even preach two languages like this. I preached in Thai and I could not speak English, so somebody had to translate into English for me because we have or some American members too. My preaching ability and my anointing was so poor. All these people, about five couples, were told by God. They had, a, even some of them have a dream that God told them to help me. A few of them, they did not obey. They left the church. But a few of them, including P. Pirat and Brenda, stay with me all these 23 years. 23 years later, I was not a good preacher at that time. All these families who obey God and keep the character of commitment will have been all blessed by God. And I was changed, now I'm more anointed. All of these families that stayed with me, all of their kids serve God now, including Pastor Tyson. They all love God, their kids doing well, they are well to do financially. But the family that left, I'm sorry to say this, and did not care about the character of commitment, faithfulness, loyalty to what God called them to do. All the kids backslid. Family problem. It's so contrast between these two group of people. In the long run, the faithful people who have the right character and obey God have been blessed. But the people who rebel against God, did not listen to God, and just look at the natural instead of looking at the spiritual, they will all get into trouble. The blessing did not come. I have seen this for 30 years. I can speak from my own observation and experience. John chapter 1 verse 17. How does God help us to become like Christ? For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Everyone says grace. Everyone say truth. God used two things to change us to become like Christ. Grace and truth. And you cannot separate these two from one another. You cannot know the truth without the spirit of grace. And you cannot hook up to the spirit of grace without knowing the truth. That's why in my ministry, I produce a lot of teachings, truth. And then I come to the service and lay hand and impart the spirit of grace. I will talk about Holy Spirit of grace later on. 
Let's look at Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. I'm going to explain to you in a minute and then stop. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. Romans 5.20 But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Let me explain to you what does it mean, all this scripture. In the Old Testament, Moses came with the law to the children of Israel. So they have all this law to read and look at and try to follow. But they did it out of their own natural, physical, human ability. It's very difficult to follow the law by human ability. But today, we are not living in the law of Moses. How do we live today? In Jesus. Number one, we put our faith in Jesus. The Lord Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin. And because of his death, the veil between the Holy of Holies and the holy place was torn from the top to the bottom. The Holy Spirit came out from the inner room to dwell in you and me by faith. So now we are not under the law, but we have the spirit of grace. And then we have the teaching of Jesus Christ, the truth. So the truth just help us to know what is right, what is wrong. That's it. But the spirit on the inside of us move inside. That we can be and do what the truth says. Is it better, easier? It's much easier. Amen. I will stop here to have a break and we will continue in the next session. Hallelujah. Okay, are we ready for the second session? Yes. yes. Okay. How many people believe that we're going to have an awesome weekend here? Yes. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we commit this time to you. Lord, your Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Therefore, this afternoon, we ask your Holy Spirit to teach us to illuminate our spirit so that we can understand the secret of heaven, so that we can understand the scriptures and put into practice. Lord, we don't want to be just hearers of the word of God, but we want to be doers of your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the last session, we have learned that God wants us to become more like Christ and to do what he called us to do. You know, we have a relatively short life. We don't even know that we have tomorrow. You heard about tsunami in Japan. I believe that those people who were in the building in that city did not even know that tsunami is going to hit very soon. But many of them died in that day. They did not have a chance to know God or to serve God. 
Therefore, we have to really take each minute seriously to live our life for God. I want to encourage all of you not to be ignorant about what God wants to do through your life. We have only one life to live. We will not come back again after we die, and then after that will be a judgment, either judge to be rewarded or judge to be punished in hell. But I pray that you will have a lot of rewards in heaven. What is grace? Last time we learned that God helps us to become more like Him by His truth and by His grace. Philippians chapter two verse thirteen: For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good and purpose. Grace is the power. Of the Spirit of the Living God, the Spirit who lives in you. If you are a believer, if you are not a believer, you don't have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you and works in you to will and to act. You see, to be and to do according to His good and purpose. You cannot be and do what God wants you to be and do by your own strength. I remember when I was a Buddhist, I studied five laws, eight laws, hundreds of law how to be a good person. I could not do it until one day I put my faith in Jesus Christ and invited Him to come in, and the Holy Spirit. Began to work in me. Then the Holy Spirit began to work in me, to will, to have a desire, and to act according to God's purpose. I want to compare the Holy Spirit to a hand, and my life is a glove. If you are a doctor, a nurse, you understand what I'm talking about. A glove cannot move on its own. Only when the hand is put into the glove, then the glove can move according to what the hands wants to do. The same thing as Christians, the Holy Spirit came in like a hand into the glove, and He moved on the inside of you to love, to give, to think good about people, to forgive people, to do good to people. If you try to do it yourself, to love people. To do good to people, I can guarantee there are two things that will happen. This is my observation, and I see from the Bible. The first thing is that you try to do good by your own strength, and eventually you get tired and exhausted and very dry. How many people face that before? That you feel so tired loving people, so tired going to church, tired try to be a good member. That is the first thing that happen if you do it by your own strength. The second thing that may happen to you, you may try to do good. What the Bible say, because it's a law. You want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good Christian, so I have to do what the Bible say. But you don't even know that you were doing it out of your flesh, out of hidden agenda, out of some wrong motive, 
and some religious spirit. You didn't do it by the spirit of God. Eventually, your Christian life is in a mess. I was like that before. Before I met the file of God, I have to be good pastor so that people will respect me. I need to be a better preacher so that people will listen to me. It's all wrong motive. Until the file of God or the hand come into my life and start to pick, pull out the dead rats, pull out the bad spider and rats and all the bad junk out of me. Eventually, my motive become purer, and I do everything out of pure God's kind of love. We need that grace. We need the grace of God. Amen. How does grace work in our life? The first one, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. You can write down in your note, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, For God has revealed His grace for the salvation of all people. So the first thing that the grace of God has done to us is salvation. Okay. A lot of people misunderstand that grace just means that your sins are forgiven and you go to heaven and you don't have to go to hell. No. The word salvation covers more than just missing help. Salvation includes healing, deliverance, prosperity, protection, victory in life. So salvation includes good health, deliverance, deliver from demons. Jesus died on the cross to pay for all of us, all these things. He paid for our healing. He paid for our prosperity. He paid already for us that our sins are forgiven. He paid for us that we have life and not death. He paid for us that we are not under the hands of the devil anymore, but we can rule and reign and have victory in this life. Amen. But the person who make it happen in our life is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Grace. Amen. I'll give you an example. I used to have allergy every single spring in America. Running nose. Since I have been touched by the fire of God for many years, no more running nose. No hay fever. The Spirit of God graciously took away the sickness for me that has been the, the healing that has been bought by the blood of Jesus on the cross, Amen. make it happen by the power of the Spirit of God who live on the inside of me as the hand who take out the dead rat out of me. Amen. The Spirit of grace. Grace brings salvation in a real practical way. Amen. Many Christians don't know this truth. They become a Christian. They're still sick. They're still poor. The devil still attack them every day. 
they never have victory because they don't know how to walk by the grace of God. Everyone says salvation. salvation. Everyone says healings, healings. Prosperity. prosperity, deliverance, deliverance. Protection. protection. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation. Look at the book of Hebrews, chapter four, verse sixteen. The second thing that the grace of God is doing in our life, Hebrews four, sixteen. Let us have confidence then, and approach God's throne where there is grace. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us. Just. When we need it, Amen. not only salvation, grace, or the Spirit of God, the hand that put into your life, you are the glove and He is the hand. Oh, by the way, the Bible in the Old Testament called, and even in the Book of Acts, called the Holy Spirit the hand of God. I don't have time to quote the Bible right now, but it's true. The Bible say that the Spirit of grace, help us in everything that we need. I give you example. When I moved to the U.S., I was speaking with thick accent to the point that some nurses could not understand me. I'm talking about American nurses. For example, when I talk to my patients, I want to say, "Close your eyes." My accent, I say, "Cross your eyes." <laughs> And my patient look at me. What? <laughs> I came to the U.S. No salary. I was working at the bottom of the pole, but by the grace of God, Amen. by the power of the Holy Spirit, I got my salary in a few months. Even though the department say no budget, and only in one year, by the grace of God, I was promoted to be the number one of resident in the whole hospital system. Even though I was speaking with accent, it's the grace of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's good to be a Christian yeah. <laughs> because we have the grace. We have the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the most powerful, unlimited God, and He lives on the inside of you and me, and He can help us to do anything that we need to do. Amen. When I recognize this truth, and I know how to walk in the spirit, I don't fear anything any longer, because I know that when I step out to do anything that God tell me to do or what I need to do, I know the grace is there for me, and He will help me. Every time I open somebody's skull and take the tumor out from the brain, I know the grace of God was there with me. That's why I'm the busiest neurosurgeon in town. Wow! If you don't want to be a Christian, I'm sorry for you. The grace of God helped you to do everything you need to. He helped you to be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good student, to be a good employee, to be a good businessman, to be a good owner. Restaurant owner, you can do anything by the grace of God. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight, the Bible say the same thing again. 
Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. And God is able to give you more than what you need, so that you will always have all you need for yourself and more than enough for every good cause. Actually, in another version, say God is able to graciously, by His grace, He give to you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is more clear than my translation here. God can make all grace abound to you. God give you grace. At any time, anywhere, whatever you want to do, so that you have more than enough, left over, more than enough, to be able to do every good deed, to help anybody. Wow! That is the grace of God. And this is my experience after I became a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But his answer was, My grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. I am most happy than to be proud of my weakness. I remember when God started to call me to start the church. God called me to start the church in Seattle. I was a poor preacher. I could not compare myself to many great American preachers in town. That church is big and oh, very nice program. And a lot of people criticize me and look down on me. One Thai man in Seattle said, he has not even stopped drinking milk as a baby. Another man said, he does not have a big nose and blonde hair like American pastor. No way he can build a church in America. They all say, I will fail 100%. Yes, I am weak. I don't have a big nose. Yes, they are right. I don't have blonde hair. Yes, they are right. I could not speak English well and I cannot preach like some great preacher in TV. But in my weakness, the grace of God is there for me enough to do get to get the job done. The same thing with River of Blessing in San Diego. People outside may look down on you. Oh, they don't have experiences. They are new believers. They don't know what they're doing. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they don't know the power of the grace of God. <laughs> and you know who gonna get the glory? God gets the glory. God used the weak to shame the wise. The river of blessing church will never fail. Because you have the grace of God, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to laugh at the devil. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Hallelujah! Look at Christian in the early church, Acts chapter 4 verse 33. Do you know how Paul, Peter, and the disciple of the early church did all the great ministry in that generation? Acts four thirty-three. Acts four thirty-three. The Bible say. With great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God poured rich blessing on them all. Actually, it means they have grace. The Lord poured His grace upon them all. Everyone say with me. Great grace. Abundant grace is with me. Is with us all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not building the church by man's power, but we are building the church by the grace and the power of God. Everyone say with me, I can do everything by the grace of God. Ephesians 3, 7. Are you excited about this? Now you're going to fear? You don't have to fear because you have the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Ephesians 3, 7. I was made a servant of the gospel by God's specific gift, which he gave me through the working of his power. Actually, another translation, by, by his grace. He gave the anointing and the power to do the work by his grace. Grace. Paul said that uh, I was able to preach and be an apostle by the grace of God. So number one, the grace gives you salvation, prosperity, healing, protection, deliverance. deliverance, and victory. The second thing, the grace of God gives you power to do anything that you need to. And the third thing, by His grace. You can do what God anointed you and called you to do in the ministry. Was I trained to be a preacher? No. I was trained to cut somebody's hair, open the skull, and take the tumor out from the brain. I was trained to cut somebody's back and take the herniated disc out. But I am able to preach and pastor the church. By the grace of God. Rivers of Blessing Church. God will give you grace. Each person. Each person, He's going to give you the grace to fulfill the calling in your life. He will build His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because you are not doing it with your own strength, but you are serving the Lord by depending on the grace of God. One day, some of you are going to be shocked. That man preached? How did he do that? The grace of God. One day, one young girl in the church lay hand on the sick, and the sick get healed. And lay hand again, and the sick get healed again. Lay hand again, the sick get healed again. How does she do that? The grace of God. Amen. Amen. 
One day you stand up and lead worship, and you say the grace of God. And I want to tell you one thing from my personal experience: there's nothing in your life is more fulfilled and fun than to be used by God to do what God called you to do and flow in that grace. I want to tell you right now, frankly. I am more happier to stand here with the Holy Ghost on me, working in me right now, more than standing out there at the beach, looking at the beautiful scenery. Mark, Mark, w a e y n d u t a l e l e u s s Because it's more fulfilled to have the Holy Spirit moving on the inside of you. I'm serious. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every godly man in the Bible was do able to do things by the grace of God. If you don't mind, open Genesis chapter six, verses seven and eight. I ask you to read for me because I don't like my version here. Genesis six seven to eight. So the Lord said. I will wipe mankind, whom whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Luke chapter two verse forty. Luke two forty. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Wow! How did Jesus do all the things that he was able to do? By the grace of God. Let me ask this question: If Jesus needed the grace of God, do you need the grace of God? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think even more. <laughs> Jesus is the Son of the Living God. He needs the grace. How much more we need the grace? More. <laughs> Hallelujah. Therefore, the church that is full of wisdom will welcome the Holy Spirit, because the grace come by that hand. Amen. Amen. I want you to go home and read First Corinthians fifteen ten. The apostle Paul say that he can be what he can be and do what he can do because of the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter twelve verse fifteen. I will try to wrap up here. Hebrews chapter twelve verse fifteen. See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Paul say, "Don't miss the grace of God. How people can respond to the grace of God in a different way. The incorrect way. Hebrews chapter twelve verse fifteen. God against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. People sometimes abuse the grace of God. Oh yes." 
God help me. The Holy Spirit help me. Instead of loving Him back and fearing Him and obeying Him, they just abuse the grace of God. They continue to have bitterness and sin against God and think, you know, God forgive me anyway. He's so gracious to me, so I don't care. I can live whatever I, I can do whatever I want. That is a wrong way to respond to the grace of God. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. I give you another example. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Should we continue to live in sin so that God's grace will increase? Should we continue to in sin so that God will show us more grace? No. No. The wrong response to grace is to live in sin. Disobedience, rebellion against God, we should respond to the grace of God in the correct way. Amen? Amen. How do we respond to the grace of God? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So Paul said that, I'm going to depend on the grace of God. I'm going to live the right way to glorify God. Receive the grace of God. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Live a life that honors God. Ask the grace of God to help you to become more like Christ Jesus. Don't reject the call of God in your life. I know that this church was not started by man's idea. God called people to start this church. And God going to give you the grace to finish it. Amen. Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And it is for this reason I suffer these things. But I am still full of confidence because I know whom I have trusted. And I'm sure that he is able to keep safe until that day what he has entrusted to me. Apostle Paul said that he will never give up even though he has to suffer. You know, when you walk in the grace of God, the devil is not happy. The devil is mad at you. So he will do everything to make you stop. He will throw a lot of bad things to you. You're going to suffer. But we should say like Paul, I will not stop even though I have to suffer. Amen? Amen. When I started the church in Seattle, the first five or six years, I went through a lot. All kinds of attacks. But the grace of God is there for me. I never gave up. I just continue to serve the Lord and do what God called me to do. And now, Many years Amen. later, I thank God for the grace of God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Who want to say that I want to become like Christ? Who want to say that I want to depend on the grace of God? Who want to say that the Holy Spirit fill me and work on the inside of me? Amen. Who want to say that God from now on I will depend on your grace in everything I do. And the grace comes from the Holy Spirit. Let me make a conclusion. 
Grace is not just an abstract word. Grace is the power that is offered to you by a person. That person is named the Holy Spirit. So you need to have the relationship with the Holy Spirit and learn how to walk with the Spirit. The more you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more you are close to Him, the easier for Him to reveal and to flow His grace in your life. Amen. Amen. That's why the devil hates the teaching about the Holy Spirit. And whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit, some Christian and some pastor will say, "Oh, we don't need that. We don't need that stuff." Oh, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you miss a lot. Because everything you do come by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for teaching us and reminding us about becoming like Christ, about Christ's character in us. Father, help us to remember that we will not be baby Christians forever, but help us by your grace and your truth to grow. Into the maturity and to the perfect man and woman of Christ, Father, make this church to be the light and the salt of this city. O oh Lord, change your people in the church to become more and more like Christ, and many lives, many souls will be saved. Anoint them, use them, grace them. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www. NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in Your name, I lift to You this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by Your only Son. Bring me Your tired, You said. Your